You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. As we approach Thanksgiving Day, we know we have much to be grateful for. And as followers of Christ, we understand that the finished redemptive work of Christ should always be at the front and center of our thankfulness. Or let me say it like this, the central event in human history deserves our deepest gratitude. So we thought that on this Sunday before Thanksgiving Day, it would be special for us to celebrate this central event in human history, to celebrate the cross through the music, the sermon, the Lord's Supper. We are lifting high the cross of Christ, that our Gratitude for who Christ is and what Christ has done might deepen in our hearts and in our lives. So keeping that in mind, look with me in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We'll begin reading in verse 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. When you found your place, I want to ask you this morning if you are physically able to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's holy, living word. Romans chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's talking about you and me. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And don't miss those four words put together. Christ died for us. Let's pray together. Father, in this moment, I pray that you would draw near to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, that our eyes might be opened, that we might understand the truths of Scripture, and that we might respond to the truths of Scripture. Lord, may we leave today transformed. God, I pray that as we celebrate the cross on this day leading into this week, that our Christian homes would experience a thanksgiving like we've never experienced before. Where Jesus is exalted, the cross is cherished. 
The empty grave is rejoiced in. And the worth of Christ is celebrated. Father, would you do that? Use this moment to those ends. God, we know that anytime you work, it's a gift of grace. So we pray that you would work by your grace. And of course, Lord, we pray that all that you do would be for your glory alone. We ask and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. As I was studying this past week, verses that are about the cross and putting together a message that would lead into our celebration of the Lord's Supper, I came across a quote that really encapsulates the passage we just read in Romans chapter 5. It's a quote from Billy Graham, the famous evangelist. He wrote, The cross is the suffering love of God, bearing the guilt of man's sin, which alone is able to melt the sinner's heart and bring him to repentance for salvation. And I read that quote and it captured my heart. And I was thinking about Romans chapter 5. And I thought, I'm going to use this quote to kind of guide us through the passage we just read together. I want to use the, the points from this quote as points for my sermon. As we study what the Bible has to say about the cross. So I'm going to break that quote into four different parts. You'll notice this in your notes. First of all, the cross is the suffering love of God. The suffering love of God. When I read that quote, that phrase jumped off the page. The suffering love of God. That's what the cross is all about. And we need to be reminded on this Sunday morning, particularly as we prepare to celebrate communion, we need to be reminded that the cross was about suffering. Notice in verse 6, the Bible says, While we were still weak at the right time, Christ died. Everyone see that? Christ died. Then look in verse 8. God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died. This speaks of the physical realities of the cross. Jesus left the, the splendor and glory of heaven. He took on humanity in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He was born as the God-man, fully God, fully man, truly God, truly man. And Jesus lived a matchless life. He never sinned. He was the lamb without spot or blemish. And Jesus, in obedience to the Father, went to the cross. You see, he allowed himself to be betrayed and arrested and tried and condemned 
and flogged and beaten and mistreated. He allowed that. We know that's the case because in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus cut off the high priest's servant, and when Peter cut off the high priest's servant ear, when they were coming to arrest Jesus, Jesus healed the man's ear and he said, Peter, put away your sword. Don't you understand? I could call 12 legions of angels. I don't have to endure this. I'm choosing to endure this. Every time my beard is pulled from my face, I'm choosing that suffering. Every time a thorn pierces my brow, Jesus wanted Peter and us to know he was choosing that suffering. Every whip that fell across his back, Jesus chose that suffering. He allowed himself to be nailed to a cruel Roman cross and he allowed himself to, to be hung on that cross from nine in the morning to three, after, three in the afternoon. He, he, he entered into that willingly. He died. He died. You say, well, what does that suffering mean for me? Well, notice what it says in verse eight. It says, God shows or God demonstrates. It could even be translated, God proves his love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, and this is in your notes, the suffering of Jesus is the ultimate demonstration of his Love. So you may have walked into this church building this morning and you may be questioning whether or not the God of the universe loves you. And the cross speaks definitively. The cross settles that issue because the cross declares over your life and over my life that you are loved. That's why Christ died on the cross. He died for you. He loves you that much. So the cross is the supreme demonstration of his love. Not the way you feel, not what others say about you or think about you. The cross declares that you are loved by God. And just a quick note, this love is unconditional love. Because notice it says there, he died for us not because we're lovely. He died for us not because we're good or righteous or worthy of it. He died for us while we were still sinners. He died for us even though we are not worthy of his death. We are not worthy of his salvation. We are not worthy of his forgiveness. We are not worthy of the second person of the Trinity coming and taking the wrath of God in our place. We're not worthy of that. But Christ died for us anyway. That speaks of the unconditional love of God for you and me. I don't deserve the cross. You don't deserve the cross. But aren't you grateful this morning that the love of God displayed in the cross, proven, demonstrated at the cross, is unconditional? There's nothing you can do to make God stop loving you. Because the definitive proof of his love is the cross. The question is, will you embrace that love? Or will you spurn that love? So the cross is the suffering love of God. To use the quote from Billy Graham, 
It's the suffering love of God. Secondly, bearing the guilt of man's sin. Bearing the guilt of man's sin. Notice it says there in verse 6. Christ died. That's his suffering. And notice the next phrase. For the ungodly. That's you and me. And then in verse 8. It says the end of that verse. Christ died for us. Those prepositional phrases teach along with many other passages in Scripture that, that Christ's death on the cross was substitutionary atonement. He took our place. He paid the penalty, atonement. Not for his sins. He was spotless and pure, without sin. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins, for the ungodly, for us. He died as our substitutionary, atoning sacrifice. And so you might say it like this, and this is such good news. Jesus took our sin, guilt, and shame. He said, does the Bible really teach this? Well, it does. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, He who knew no sin, listen, became sin for us. The spotless Lamb of God took all of your wickedness and evil and wrongdoing on himself. He took your guilt, he took your shame upon himself and bore the wrath of God in our place. He took our sin, guilt, and shame, and he took our punishment. In fact, in verse 9 it says, Since therefore we have been justified, how? By his blood. He shed his blood. He died taking the punishment that you and I deserve because we have sinned against the holy Righteous God. But Jesus shed his blood, dying in our place. The cross is the suffering love of God, bearing the guilt of man's sin. Third, and able to melt the sinner's heart. Able to melt the sinner's heart. He says there in verse 8, God shows his love. God shows his love. Can you and I gaze at the cross? Can you and I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died and, and remain unaffected? If we can, I would submit to you that we don't understand the cross. Because... This demonstration of the love of God, this substitutionary atonement, Jesus dying in our place, is able to melt the sinner's heart. In fact, the cross clearly explained and emphasized has a drawing effect. Did you know that? The cross clearly explained and emphasized has a drawing effect. Jesus told us this in John chapter 12, verses 32 and 33. He said, And I, 
when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. You say, what's he talking about? He's talking about the cross because the next sentence says, he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Jesus said, when I am lifted up on the cross, there'll be something in that moment that will have a drawing effect on humanity. That's why you and I, that's why our church needs to make sure that we keep the cross at the front and center of ministry. That people that come in contact with our church don't leave without understanding that God loves them and he proved it at the cross. People need to hear this message that 2,000 years ago, the seminal moment in human history, the Son of God took on the sins of the world and died. And that changes everything because that proves his love for you and for me. The cross, clearly explained and emphasized, has a drawing effect. And we see this illustrated at the cross itself, that moment in human history. The Bible teaches in Matthew 27, when Jesus breathed his last, there was a transformation that took place in the heart of a Roman centurion. One of the soldiers who was overseeing this this awful execution was changed as he saw what happened at the cross. Matthew 27, 54 reads like this. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. They had a front row seat at the cross. And they saw something at that moment. They saw something in the one who was suffering and dying that captured their hearts. And here are these hardened, professional Roman soldiers talking about a a Jewish carpenter and saying, truly, this was the son of God, the cross, is able to melt the sinner's heart. Amen? That's why we lift up Jesus. That's why we celebrate the cross. That's why we celebrate communion. As a reminder to you and a reminder to me that the cross has drawing life changing power if we'll just emphasize it and talk about it and exalt what Christ has done. Which leads me to a question for you personally. The question is, what have you done with the cross? Because if you look back at your notes, the cross is the suffering love of God, bearing the guilt of man's sin, able to melt the sinner's heart and bring him to repentance. In other words, Christ did everything necessary to save those that see their need for saving and for those that embrace him as their 
personal Lord and Savior. You see, it's not enough to know about the cross. We see the cross everywhere in society. People wear it around their necks. We see it on church buildings and we see it in art and other places. It's not enough just to know about the cross, to know that this event happened in human history. You must personally embrace the cross. You must look to the cross and say, it was my sin that held him there. He died for my rebellion. He died for my iniquity. He died for my failure. He died for me. And you must come to a place where you say, if I'm going to have a relationship with God, I need the shed blood of Christ applied to my spiritual account so my sins are washed away and I can experience forgiveness in the sight of God. So God no longer holds my sin against me. It's been forgiven and now I can be reconciled to God and have a relationship with him because I've embraced the cross. I've recognized the cross is for me. I've recognized I need the cross if I'm going to have a relationship with God. In Luke's version of the Great Commission, he quotes Jesus as saying this, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. In other words, everyone everywhere needs to hear about the cross so they can repent and embrace the cross by faith, receiving the free gift of eternal life. Salvation is not about your denominational affiliation. It's not about whether or not you're a member of a church or whether you're a good neighbor or consider yourself a good person. That's not what salvation is. Salvation is not something that you achieve through religious works. Salvation is a free gift that you receive by faith and repentance. Seeing your own personal need for a Savior And embracing the cross and saying, yes, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I want you in my life. I need you in my life. Steve Green sang these lyrics years and years ago. Embrace the love the cross requires. Listen. Cling to the one whose heart knew every pain. Receive from Jesus, listen, fountains of compassion. When you embrace the cross, you will receive as an absolutely free gift fountains of mercy and grace and love and compassion and forgiveness. It all comes from Jesus. It's a free gift you simply receive. Have you embraced the cross if you were to die right now do you have assurance about you where you would spend eternity that wonderful place called heaven or that awful place called hell heaven in the presence of Jesus forever or hell separated from God forever hear me carefully carefully 
where a person spends eternity is based upon what they do with Jesus here in this life. Have you embraced the cross? Have you called on the name of Jesus, inviting him into your life to be your personal Lord and Savior? Because here's the conclusion. And I hope this is the result of pondering and reflecting upon the cross this morning. The central event in human history deserves our deepest gratitude. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's Word. May the Lord richly bless you.